my god, we're back again. It's Joe and Paul, we got a podcast then. Is there a Barry too? No, he's out drinking. Uh, should he cut back on booze? Probably. But he's having a good time and we're here to give you a show. Yeah! It's um, it's Paul and Joe. I'm Joe, that's Paul. Uh, <laughs> we're here on the Cheshire Podcast, episode 564. Um, 564, tell me why it's another podcast <laughs> tell me why we're still bothering to do this i don't know why but we're here anyway because yeah. i want, want to talk to joe boom yeah we are back we're um we're barry less he's off um with the bank holiday weekend is it a bank holiday weekend there is it is it is yeah um bank holidays on both sides of the irish sea so we're uh, having a wonderful time here. No work tomorrow for for me. No work for, Not, no work for me. No work for Paul. Thank goodness. Um, yeah, so we're back to talk a little bit of life, some music. Um, not loads of TV and movies this week because we've both been busy boys. Um, we'll, we'll talk through that. And yeah, a new quiz that I'm very excited to hear about. That'll be coming up later. And then yeah, a bit of wrestling. <laughs> so the usual the usual stuff for you. Um, so Paul, how's your how's your week been? Good, yeah. We have another quiz that I haven't told you what it is yet, so it'll be it'll be a surprise for you and for the listeners. Uh, that's coming up later. Uh, how's my week been? Fucking hell. Um, what I've been up to working like a fucking dog, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> um, we went live with one of the big projects I've been working on at work. Um, after. Well, I've been working on the project for about I don't know six months. Mm. When when did I start working for this company? In like September. So about six months I've been working on this this project, and it 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 finally went live. And because it's a global rollout, and I'm like a, a subject matter expert mm. on it, I'm like a one man service desk from. 8 a.m. in the morning until whenever I have a minute to log off, mm-hmm. which is usually about between 5 and 5.30. Oh, it's mad. It's so busy. Just constant questions. Constant every minute of the day. I did go, aside from work, because work isn't my life, and I never kind of, work is never something that I, I talk on this about on this podcast anyway. But mm-hmm. I, I did have the chance to go, I took a, a a bus and I took a train to Newbridge, which is a town, God, about an hour southwest of where we live now. Uh, and I got a little public, I didn't get the card yet, but <laughs> I went to one of the like little government centers to get um, what's called a public services card. And this is, this is something I need. It's this fucking stupid ass company. Or country, not company. Sorry, the company I work for is good. <laughs> the country I live in, slightly less so. Um, I want to apply to be a driving license, Joe. Right. Which you know, as as a, a a born and bred Irishman, I feel like is a is a right, right that I should I should just be able to go on a website, put my name and my 
yeah. social number and send me a driver's license. That's how it used to be like f- f- 30 years ago. You hear like my parents are just like, you just went down to the, you went down to the local news agents and they gave you a driver's license and then what, you drove you home. You didn't have to pass a test. <laughs> no. <laughs> just, was, yeah, really? No, I, no, I think no. that was, I remember my grandparents talking about that and saying you didn't, there wasn't like an official test. It was like, you just had to go and show that you'd been practicing. And yeah, they gave you a te- they gave you a, a license, but then yeah. well, that was quite a while ago. <laughs> they showed they showed you a picture of a steering wheel. What does this do? Um, to be, to be the, fair, it's there terrible. were only about four cars on the road in those days, so the chances of you hitting something were yeah pretty pretty slim. Um. So I, anyway, I have to get a public services card in order to then apply online for a learner's permit. Instead of just being able to go online and apply for the learner's permit, you need this government card first, which is the biggest scam in the world. And then I, um, at the start of the year, because of obviously because of COVID and that, there had been a big backlog of uh, appointments and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. And um, so when I when I contacted them to get my appointment, to get the card, to then apply for the thing. Mm-hmm. I was told, yeah, we'll set you an appointment, no problem. The, there's there's a backlog of 16 weeks. Mm. So now I have to do this and then go there, then look and do the thing. Like, I passed my driving theory test mm. like seven months ago. I still don't have a learn- learner's permit. Through no fault of my own. I went, In fact, I went and got an eye test, yeah. and they were like, you're fucking, you can see, you're like a hawk. You can see, like, <laughs> You can see the next town from here. Um, no, but they said my my eyes were not sufficiently bad that I needed glasses. I'm allowed to drive without. Okay, even though I've worn glasses in the past. Uh, but that's like out of date now because when you apply for your learner's permit, that has to be within I think it's three months or something mm. of applying. So I have to go down and do it again. I, I maybe maybe I can just go down and show them and go look. This was only. It's in September. My eyes aren't yeah, my, my eye hasn't fallen out since I've been here last. <laughs> yes, yeah, sir. This is a baker's. <laughs> so uh, I have to do all that again. But I'll finally be able to get the learner's permit, finally learn to drive, buy one of those 50 euro cars you see on, you know, Craigslist or whatever. And uh, then, I'll, then I'll be loose on the roads. Um. Yeah. Still, uh, and then hopefully, the, the, I guess, not necessarily the idea, but but certainly um, a benefit of driving would be that in terms of our house, um, I say our house search, we're not searching for a house yet, but our, our, our very short-term plan to mm. buy a house mm. will be made a little bit more flexible if I'm able to drive, as opposed to it course, being yeah. something that will be on the bus route or something like that. Yeah, reliant on the old transport. Yeah, I mean, I've always been someone anyway who who likes to take the train or likes mm. to take the bus. Or, and I know you're a man uh, who's also very fond of this, a, a big walk. Oh, yes. I love a big walk. I did do a big walk in the week. Uh, we walked up to uh, the Blanchardstown Shopping Center, mm. uh, where there is uh, a lot of amenities, a cinema, bowling, uh, mm. a Bunsen burger. Uh, walked up. That was like a not a massive long walk, but it's like a, set, a good seven kilometers away. Yeah, uh, up the canal, which was a nice, uh, you know, nice um, quiet walk. Nice to you know. Sometimes I'll go for a nice walk. Right, we 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 have a great park next to us, Joe, where you 
Mm. You went on a walk with me in that park once, oh, you and yeah. Michelle oh, yeah. and Barry. Um, I do like a nice walk in the park, but also, you know, certainly this time of the year, the park can start to get very busy. Uh, mm. Walking up the canal for two hours was lovely because there's that, that canal. It's, it's it's very much uh, a canal that is separated from civilization. You're not walking yeah. by a canal through a town or through yeah. a city. It's just trees on your left, trees on your right. There's not even a path. It's just like a dirt path through grass. Yeah. Uh, for two hours. Great to just get away from it all. Very much enjoy doing a big walk like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, especially after a week where, like I say, it's just been constant work, constant work. And then mm-hmm. bank holiday tomorrow. They're going <laughs> it's a global rollout. And it's only a bank holiday in the UK and Ireland. Those people are going to be so fucked that I'm not <laughs> online to answer their questions. Hey, too bad. It's a bank holiday. Get used yeah, to it. yeah, yeah. You can't, you um, can't work all the time. You know, man, we need rest. No. We need a rest. Uh, and, and it's funny because the people, you know, I come from a training background. I Anyone who comes to me with a question, I'll never turn away. I'll always answer the question. But these fucking people who ask me questions, Joe, are like Columbo, where they'll ask me 10 <laughs> questions and they go, thanks very much, Paul. Uh, sorry, Paul. Uh, one more thing. Uh, my wife loves you. Fucking hell, it never ends. Um, but that's basically what my what my days have been like lately. Yeah. Certainly, the last month where this project is really ramped up, right? Because it's global, mm-hmm. I'm dealing with time zones of Asia Pacific, obviously Europe, Middle East, Africa, and the Americas. So, depending on where I'm needed, it can be start seven a.m. or it can mm-hmm. be work till seven p.m. So you know, it's, it's just a bit draining, really. But uh, yeah, it was nice to go on a nice walk. Uh, unfortunately, the weather took a turn, and it's, it was miserable today, so I wasn't mm. able to do anything today. That's a shame. Um, but yeah, nice to have a bank holiday. I'm, I'm very appreciative of the fact that tomorrow is not um, not back to work. I have that extra day. I just lie in bed, fucking watch TV, watch a movie. That's or, great. You need it. You, you need know. it. You need it. You know, it's three days. Ve- it's just it's enough to like. Very much just to relax needed, and just needed. be like, yeah, 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 feeling good again. Yeah, so we've been enjoying that. It's been a busy, busy couple of days, Thursday and Friday. So we went to uh, Michelle and I went to a concert in London. Um, Ooh. first of many this year because Michelle's bought tickets to all the people that couldn't tour in 2020 and 2021. <laughs> so we're going to about 12 concerts this year. Um, nice. so I'll, I'll talk a bit about it in the music guff, give you the full review. But yeah, that was that was fun. It was in a Brixton in South London, which uh, is a very cool area, and there's a uh, the the O2 Academy, which is like a four thousand seat, four thousand capacity venue. Um, so it's pretty pretty old kind of venue, but a good one. Um, yeah, so when did that? Other than that, this week, yeah, we also went into into London yesterday, into the city, which is really nice. You know, as you say, like with the bank holiday and the weather and everything, it was packed. Like it's it's very strange because I. I work from home mostly. I occasionally, you know, once or twice a week, I commute into the city to work. Uh, and it is very quiet generally in the city compared to what it used to be like before COVID. Yeah. Obviously, it's far fewer people. Um, but then having said that, on weekends, it's far, far busier than ever it was because I think people love going into the city and, and the pubs and the restaurants and the river and all mm. of that kind of stuff. So you go in at the weekend and it's like, three four times as many people as during the week which is a really kind of you know, strange experience but yeah it's really good we had a little walk around uh, soho michelle bought some lovely sunglasses 
I had a very expensive uh, chai latte from Starbucks. Um, do you want to have a guess how much this? Uh, it was an iced chai latte. Or do you want to have a guess how much it was? It's a, it was a grande, which I think is the medium one. <laughs> grande is the medium. I know. One, you know, their their sizing is weird. As the bit is large, uh, muy grande. That's a ben- I think it's the vente. It's grande, vente, oh, and yeah, tall, grande, and vente. Vente being the biggest. So, how much was a grande chai latte? Yeah. Give me, um, give me in euros if you want. Yeah, well, I'm no, I'll, 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 I'll give you the. It's about the, the same. The, the, just used sterling. Um, I'm guessing the fact that you're asking me is that it's going to be very expensive. I'll say it cost you six pounds fifty. Oh no, nowhere near that much. <laughs> maybe I'm a cheap. Maybe I'm a cheap. I don't drink coffee. I don't know what it costs. <laughs> it was three pounds eighty just for one for okay. one for one drink for one cup of what is essentially a cup of that, cold. That's still tea. a lot. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And so me and Michelle had a bit of a, an hour-long debate over whether that was expensive or not. Because she, I think maybe she just was more aware of the prices and thought, yeah, £3.80, that's about right. But I was like, I thought it was going to be like £2.20. £3.80. So, yeah. It was very nice, but that is a lot of money for a, what is a relatively small cup of cold tea in a plastic cup. Um. <laughs> Yeah, so that was good. And then other than that, this week I have mainly been watching the old snooker world championships. Um, so I'm, I'm a bit of a snooker fan. Uh, I don't like too many sports, really. I like football, bo- a bit of boxing and snooker, really. Those are my kind of three the three sports that I would actually watch. Um, and I know snooker, not necessarily that popular outside of the UK, apart from maybe China, where it is, is quite big. There's quite a few Chinese players. Um, but yeah, and if you don't know what snooker is, it involves a bunch of men. It's like pool, but with a much bigger table, and it's a lot fucking harder. <laughs> I don't know if you ever played snooker with Paul, or you've, you've maybe just I played have. Paul. You've played it. Okay. Yeah. It's really I, fucking hard. <laughs> it, it is. My favorite thing about snooker is that uh, Americans pronounce it snooker. Yeah, like Jimmy Snook- Snooker. <laughs> like Jimmy Snooker, yeah. Jimmy yeah. Snooker. Jimmy Snooker. Um, yeah, I, 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 I think pool is a much handier game to get to grips with as a an amateur slash novice. Yeah. Snooker table is so big, it's impossible to uh, to make the ball go where you want. Especially, yeah, if you don't have eyesight like Paul, you know, as well. Yeah. like It's very hard to... Because the pockets are probably not half the size of a pool table, but they are significantly, like, smaller than a pool table pocket. Yeah. And, and, they're, and they're four meters away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it's the point where it is quite hard to see the pocket unless you have very good eyesight. So, yeah, I agree. I'm I In terms of actually playing it, I'd always choose to play pool. Because I used to play... When I was sort of in, in like high school, you know, towards the end, my friends and I we used to play mm. pool quite a lot. We'd go to like a snooker and pool club uh, near our yes. school, play all the time. Um, but yeah, we'd play snooker and after about an hour or two, like we wouldn't be pointing anything. It would just be balls kind of flying around the table because you just get very tired as well. Um, so yeah, I prefer playing pool, but I do love watching snooker because it's such a, um, it's almost like a chess game because it's not just about potting the balls; it's about you know positioning the balls and yeah, building. Well, yeah, building Snook- it snooker has a, a mathematical element to it that pool doesn't have either in terms of being able to easily follow it. Yeah, it's very geo geometrical. 
um, and also. But even in terms of the points, and the scoring, points, you know, and the points, you're like, yeah. what's the fucking blue worth again? Uh, <laughs> you no, know, it's like well, brown and green, which is the more trying to figure out though. how many you need to, to kind of secure the game as well. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I've been watching that and subjecting Michelle to it, and she really does not get snooker. In fact, up until this past week, she kind of almost banned me from watching it because she just oh, snooker's fun. Finds it so like, partly confusing, partly boring. I don't a bit of both. I think. She has been getting into it though, and then when when someone like misses a long pot, she's like, oh, and so I know she's you know, secretly she's she's getting into it a little bit. Well, I don't think there's not much more satisfying in sports than when a snooker player misses and the ball ricochets off the yeah. pocket. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Oh, they're so close. Um, or when or when in between shots, the crowd go. And the referee has to go. Settle down. down Or when one of the commentators, when he doesn't realize he's on on the air, goes, I can't fucking do this anymore. (laughs) As as happened with Jimmy White this week, apparently. Oh, yeah. Um, Yes, Yes, that did happen. Uh, yeah, so they're playing. They're playing the final today and tomorrow. Ronnie O'Sullivan, probably the greatest snooker player of all time, is is in the final, and yeah, cheering cheering him on. So that has been good, and that's probably what I'll be doing most of tomorrow as well, depending on how long the final takes. I'll just be sitting here watching the snooker, uh, like I'm my granddad. Um, yeah, so that's been. Yeah, my grand used to always have the snooker on in the house. Yeah. I think it was very popular with the old, especially in like the 80s, 70s and 80s snooker was incredibly popular. Yeah. Uh, I think it's like the re- yeah when they used to have the wrestling on ITV, the, the British wrestling. It's like 15 million people sit there on a Saturday and there was, wasn't much else to do. Apart watch from watch, Taylor. You watch the snooker and you watch the wrestling and yeah, that was about yeah, it. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, it when I like, think of my grandmother's house, no matter what time of day it is, what, <laughs> no matter what day of the year or what day of the week it was, it was snooker on. It was like, you might as well have been a painting. Yeah, yeah. Because that TV only ever had snooker on it. <laughs> Um, it's just a snooker anyway. table burned into the screen, <laughs> big, green, <laughs> big green square on every channel. It might as well have just been a gif, yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. Tell us about these concerts you went to, anyway. Um, yeah, we went to a concert on Friday. It's an artist called uh, Mitski. I've yeah. never heard of Mitski, so I'll be yeah, honest. No, neither had I. Um, it's she's a Japanese American uh, singer. Mm-hmm. Very, very popular, very, very kind of popular with the crowd. What I noticed straight away was that it was a very young crowd. So lots of kind of 13, 14, 15 year olds there okay. um, with with their kind of parents <laughs> chaperoning them, which was good because without the parents there, I probably would have been the oldest attendee at this concert because it was <laughs> very young. So just strange because she's not, she's not kind of young herself, Mitski. I think she's in her 30s, you know, similar kind of age to us yeah. yeah um but her music just strikes a chord it's quite a it's what michelle would call like sad girl music so it's very kind of e- emo-y a very emotional kind of music quite sort of yeah slow. i'm seeing her her music is very popular on tiktok yeah that's probably why the, the kids like it yeah. um so yeah kind of an indie but um she reminds me i don't know this might be way off but kind of reminds me of like kate bush like without the kind of theatricals necessarily, but with a bit of that. Yeah. So she was, I like her, her performance and the way she um, kind of delivered the music had a quite a, a you know, emotion and theatricals, theatrics mm. to it, which I, I kind of appreciated, even though to be honest, the music's not really my sort of thing because I only listen to music that has a very high BPM, <laughs> literally like if anything slow, I'm like, nah, just, nah 
Right. Speed it up. Come on, baby. Speed it up. Um, but I, yeah, I didn't dislike it. I think the songs were good and her kind of performance was very good. And the crowd were going crazy. They were screaming, screeching, freaking going mental. You know, it was yeah. really, really passionate crowds. So that was that was cool to see. Um, did mean standing up for an hour to get into the venue and then standing oh. up for another three hours watching the concert. So I was like dead on my feet by the time it's finished. I really need to sit down for things. I, yeah. can't, I can't stand up for anything. Either walking or sitting down. Or at least, at the most, leaning against the wall or something. Have a little, have a, ah, I love a lean. Lean on a gate post or a fence or something, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so it was, it was, it was good. It was good. Um, I think we're seeing some other bands later in the year that are probably a bit more my kind of tempo, but I give Misky uh, a thumbs speed up. Speed metal and the like, yeah. Yeah, just, just rocking out. Um, <laughs> so Mitski was, was good. Um, and another band I've been listening to this week, I think, I can't remember if Michelle turned me onto them or if I'd already found them, but, uh, they're called a hundred Gex, uh, and they are a hyper pop band that do kind of very electronic uh, inspired music, very, very electronic and quite, I, uh, we were listening to a podcast this morning that was reviewing their album and someone quoted one of their fans as saying, <laughs> once you'll get, once you get used to it, you might quite like it. And that really sums okay. up because it's quite a divisive sort of sound. I can imagine a lot of people finding it very annoying, but it's also very kind of like funny and catchy as well. Um, I don't know if you maybe like it, Paul. I'm not 100 percent sure mm. if it would if it's gonna sit into your tastes. But yeah, check out some of their songs. They do there's one particular song I've been listening to called Fritos and Cheetos, um, <laughs> which okay. has the main lyric, give me all of those fucking Fritos and Cheetos, um, which I've been very much enjoying. There's also Ringtone, um, which they did a, a remix of with Charlie XCX, which is very good. Um, yeah, so I, I've been enjoying a lot of a lot of hundred gigs, but yeah, it's a bit of an acquired taste. I think you'd have to listen to a few of the songs and just get past the kind of the very kind of um, almost like robotic, very I don't quite think of the word, not quite manufactured, but quite artificial. I guess kind of the sound of it, the sound of the vocals yeah. and everything like that. Um, but yeah, I would, I would recommend at least checking it out because I think there's a bit more. If you just heard it at first, you might dismiss it as a kind of, oh, it's just some weird novelty TikTok like thing. But there's there's a bit more to it than that. So yeah. Yeah, enjoying the older 100 Gecks. Uh, how about yourself? From 100 Gecks to the Beatles. Quite similar, I think. Yeah. You can draw a direct line from the Beatles to 100 Gecks, I think, if you yeah through music history. Um, yeah, I started listening to the White Album, and then I realized that I had skipped Magical Mystery Tour, which oh. in the UK was not released as an album, but it was in the US. And I think it is now considered by most to be to be one of their their main albums. Uh, so what it originally was, it was an EP of, I want to say, six songs from the the movie of the same name or a television movie, excuse me. Uh, and then they plopped another EP on the end of that, which were singles that had been released in, in 1967 that weren't associated to any specific uh, album. So things like strawberry fields forever, penny lane, all you need is love. Mm. Um, 
which because those singles have are quite well known and, and have been included on a lot of compilations does give it a little bit of a feel of the best of the Beatles. Mm. Um, and yeah, I thought both sides were, were pretty strong. I think um, even the, the, the side, which is the soundtrack has some pretty decent tracks, uh, fool on the hill, blue Jay way, which is almost sounds like a horror song. It's, it's a George, mm. George Harrison one, which is very, atypical of the Beatles, Magical Mystery Tour, I'm the Walrus, and then Side 2 has Hello, Goodbye, Strawberry Fields Forever, Penny Lane, All You Need Is Love. Great songs. Um, yeah, I thought all in all, I thought it was pretty strong. I'd have it up there with Rubber Soul as as one of my my favorites so far. Um, I think more so than Rubber Soul, I think this, as a, a, a listing of 11 songs, kind of covers more so what i would think of as being your typical beatles sound so it kind, it kind of touches on all the the elements of the beatles that are strongest you know it's got your very simple very english style songwriting with something like penny lane and mm. on the other hand it's got the more psychedelic weird stuff like i mentioned blue jay way but i thought it was pretty bloody good um and happy that i stopped listening to a white album f- I was like three tracks into the White Album. Yeah, I said, oh, keep that for next week. We'll give Magical Mystery Tour a bit of a spin. And I thought it was really good. Um, let me just jump ahead quickly to an email. All right. What I got from Michelle, my good friend, who I haven't seen you and Michelle in a very long time. We need to we need to go to London sometime, sweetie, and go say hello to Joe and Michelle, probably on a weekday where it's not as busy. <laughs> um, yeah, I miss Michelle. Haven't haven't properly spoken to Michelle in mm-hmm. a very long time. Mm-hmm. Far too long. Um, subject, Father John Misty. Mm. She says, hi, Paul. You've been using Pitchfork lately to pick your new music recommendations, and I was wondering if you skipped some on purpose. Hmm. That sounds a lot more accusatory than I imagine it was meant. <laughs> uh, a couple of weeks ago, the new Father John Misty album came out, and Pitchfork mentioned it as one to listen to, but no review from Paul. Ooh. I quite like him and his irreverence, and I got tickets to see him when he tours next year. So, Joe, I guess you'll be seeing him as well. I would like to hear the Paul verdict. Thanks. Um, so let me just, first of all, mention about what way I pick the albums I listen to. So I do use Pitchfork. Um, I don't necessarily, I think I mentioned before, I don't necessarily pick the album that might be like highlighted as best new sound or, or whatever. Like so every week, normally they'll, they'll have one album that they pick as kind of the best of that week. I don't necessarily, ne- necessarily use that because I want to have some variety to the types of music I listen to. But also, mm-hmm. obviously there are, are bands or artists, groups that I'm, I already like. So obviously if one of their albums comes out, that's going to take precedence over listening to something new. So in in recent weeks, we've had Ghost, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Jack White all bring out albums. And so of course I need to listen to their new albums because those are artists I care about already. So unfortunately, I think that if I'm not mistaken, the Jother Fawn Misty, um, Father John, I think that album came out, might've been the same week as the Jack White one. Mm. And ironically, I hated the Jack White album, so maybe I should have listened to Father John Misty. But I have listened to Father John Misty for this week, specifically requested by Michelle. I listened to the album. So uh, let me bring it up here, because 
I thought it was very interesting. Um, this is my first exposure to Father John Misty. I'd actually never heard of him before. Sure. So when I saw, when I was looking on Pitchfork, it wouldn't necessarily have jumped out at me as, oh, Father John Misty's got a new one out. I, I, I'd never heard of him before. Uh, Chloe and the Next 20th Century is the name of the album. Um, I don't know, Joe, if you have listened to this already, but I'm assuming you're going to be attending a concert of his soon, so you might want to give it a spin. Um, I thought it was very, like I said, I thought it was very interesting. Um, Very much straddled the balance between I like this Mm -hmm. and I appreciate that this is very good, which is a subtle difference, but I think that's more to do with, especially when you're, you're listening to stuff that's outside of your comfort zone. Sometimes I find it I find it difficult to be like, do I truly like this in a kind of emotional way? Or is it more intellectual that I, I appreciate it's very good while not something that I would normally listen to? So I'm I, I'm still not sure where I am. And I, de- I definitely marked some songs as like on the old Spotify.org. Um but I might need to give it a few more listens through just to be fully aware of myself mm. and where I sit to it. I, th- I thought it um, I thought it had a, in, a lot of influences kind of worn on its sleeve. There was, there was elements of the songs that really reminded me of other stuff. And I know that Michelle mentioned in, in her email that he, he's kind of an irreverent artist. And definitely, I think when I was listening to the first track on the album, I kind of thought, okay, this is what this is. It'll be this kind of music. Because the first track was very much a throwback to like maybe the nineteen forties kind of music, you know that um, like Billy Holiday, not quite crooner, but certainly mm. something you might see on an old rock empire was like the twenties, but very much big band music kind of with 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 a maybe like a crooner on top, but maybe more so like entertainer singer who's not not quite a crooner. But then it's a, that's the only track on the album that has that sound to it. Then it changes to mm. a different kind of sound for the next one. Uh, Goodbye, Mr. Blue, which had a very um, Harry Nielsen sound almost. Harry Nielsen uh, is, um, everybody's talking at me. They don't hear a word to say. Very, reminded me a lot of that. Then there was one, was it, was it Everything But Her Love? There was one that sounded a lot like, it had elements of Radiohead's creep to oh, it yeah. in, in terms of the vocal melody, not obviously the, the, the sound of the song or the, the, the theme of the song, but there were, there were parts to the way the, the verses and the chorus went that reminded me of that without, without necessarily like lifting it at all. Um, and then, yeah, as it went on, I just found that it, it kind of kept switching things up in interesting ways. Mm. Um, so I, even after having listened to the album twice sooner, I don't know if I could necessarily apply a, a genre to it. <laughs> it's that kind of thing where it, it, I think it kind of exists more so between the spaces. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, I thought it was, I thought it was in, interesting is the word I, I would use. And I, I don't mean that in the sense of like, it was weird cause it yeah. wasn't, but it was almost like, it was almost like looking at a really like not and not at all um you know abstract piece of art just like a, a classically well-made piece of art just looking at it going, yeah, it's, they've done a good job there yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean I, I i did very much enjoy i think i think the first half i found to be stronger than the latter half mm. um 
though I thought Funny Girl was quite good, and I thought We Could Be Strangers was quite good. Um, but I think I, I pretty much liked all the first. I want to say the first five tracks. I thought were all very good. Buddy's Buddy's Rendezvous. I wasn't sh- sure about initially, but I think by the end of the song, I'd kind of come around on it. Um, but yeah, overall, I would give it a positive review. But it, it's definitely not. Um, it's not Marvel's uh, Doctor Strange and the the Mad Melody. It's um, it's very much an art house film. Uh, made in Slovakia that goes on for four hours mm. um, starring <laughs> j- there's no actors in it just chess pieces just <laughs> water drops yeah I, 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 I did very much enjoy it I, I, I would give it a recommendation um, but I wouldn't describe it as a, um, it's, it's not a hundred gex no, it, no it's very much the other end of the scale <laughs> yeah. from that so there you go there's your father John Misty review nice um do give it a listen if you if you get a chance. That's my my album of the week. Uh, I haven't watched much telly, Joe. We watched a few episodes of Lost. So coming to the end of of Lost, um, and obviously RuPaul is mm. is not on at the moment. So, uh, what have you been watching? Um, still Sex in the City, um, which is a show I do like. Um, I used to pretend to Michelle that I didn't like it so that <laughs> when we did watch it, I could kind of trade off to watch something I wanted to watch. Tactical, okay. tactical maneuver. But I do, mm. I do actually like Sex in the City. Uh, it's very funny. Uh, I think there's a real genuine kind of chemistry between the, the four um, actresses as well that, that comes across like a real kind of friendship. I think that's what made it such a popular show as well as it being very kind of zeitgeisty, you know, in New York and fashion and all that kind of stuff. I think it was um, the genuine kind of friendship between the characters is what came across. So, yeah, it's really good. Um, we're kind of getting towards the end of season three. So I'm not sure. I can't remember how many seasons there were, but I think we're sort of probably past, like, the prime of the show. I think we're getting more towards the sort of latter, latter years. And really, once you get past season three of any show, I think that's where you start to get a little bit kind of not even necessarily running out of ideas, but I think the the, the writers and creators and I, everyone gets a little bit tired after three years because it's a lot of effort to make a TV show. So I think that's when you start to get diminishing returns, but it's still, still very, very good. Um, actually, speaking of a show that I think doesn't have diminishing returns, I also have been watching the new series of Inside Number 9. Um, episode 2 was on this week, um, and I thought both episodes so far are very strong. I thought the first one was... Probably certainly in my top 10, and they must have done, I think, about 40 episodes now, roughly. I'd say episode one, definitely in my top 10, maybe a bit higher. And the second one was was pretty good, probably kind of more middle of the pack. Um, obviously, can't talk about it too much because then it kind of ruins the whole conceit of the episode. But yeah, it, it was a it was a good one. What did you what did you make of it? You did see it, didn't you? I still haven't watched the previous uh, season, Joe. The last one I watched was mind. season five, I think. I, I yeah, I missed season six for one reason or another. Um, I think the last season I watched was the one that the premiere was the referee one. Right. right. So I, yeah, I'm a bit behind. I need to catch up on it. You need to catch up because uh, they're still, but it was, still it, really good. Because when I was watching, it was on Netflix. Right. I don't know if that's still the case. I might need to figure out a way to watch it. Yeah, yeah I've, I've always enjoyed Inside Number Nine for sure. I, I do need to catch up. But. Yeah, and to get it to Series Seven, that's like for a British show, you know. Yeah, not many get that far. 
and it's still very popular, still, yeah. still, um, yeah, critically acclaimed and, and bringing in the ratings as well. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of what, what, what I've been watching, a bit of Inside Number Nine and then the old snooker. What season did you say Inside Number Nine is on now? Seven. That's funny because I watched a movie this week, Joe. Um, oh, what's in the box, man? What's in the box? Was it a movie oh, with a twist at the end, like Inside Number it, Nine? It's got a, what's in the box is Inside Number Nine, seasons one to seven. Um, I watched seven. Uh, a movie that I have owned on a Blu-ray for a while and never I've never seen before. Oh. This was a brand new. I know I'm I'm very late to the party on seven. Um I thought it was bloody good. Um ticked pretty much all the boxes for me. I think it's very much a mm. very much the quintessential um detective thriller. Uh, I thought the performances were great across the board. I thought Brad Pitt was great. Morgan Freeman was great. Great chemistry between them as the uh, the two detectives involved in the case. Um, one who's one week from retirement. Um, and I thought the you know the, um, the the case was very interesting. I liked how they worked in the uh, the the deadly sins of which mm. there were seven. Uh, into the cases, um, you can see very easily how something like the Batman uh, takes influence from that very, very directly. And I, I, you know, I watched it with Natty here, and she was very, very. Uh, she, I think Natty had seen it before, but she similarly enjoyed the movie uh, as much like I did. And I said, "Well, you got to, you got to see the Batman then, because it's it's that again, but except mm-hmm. it's got Batman in it." Um. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought every element of it worked. I thought it it looked great, in, not in a very, like, Life of Pi way where you're mm. wowed by how it looks, but I thought it, it the, the visuals were very suitable for the story that it was telling. It was also suitably grotesque, not in a, a necessarily super gory way, I guess, but, because mm. you know, I wouldn't consider it a very violent movie, but obviously you're seeing a lot of, uh, aftermath <laughs> of this and that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I found the story very, very uh, interesting, even knowing some of the later, uh, you know, of the more famous bits. I didn't, I still didn't necessarily know the story or, or where it went. So um, I was interested, still interested to go along with it and see where the, the bits you know through osmosis or through simpsons or whatever kind of fit in and um, yeah i i would struggle to really point out a flaw in it i thought it was i thought it was complex i thought where it where it ultimately went in the end was was clever and mm. and complex as well uh not complex in the sense of it was confusing but i liked how the different layers kind of meshed together to yeah to really give you a, a satisfying payoff um so I gave it the 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 full five on on the letterbox.com. I, I was I thought it was I thought it was great. Yeah. It's one of my my favorite films. And I think it could easily that sort of gimmick of the seven deadly sins could be a very cheesy thing, but yeah, the way they do it, never it feels like that. It works brilliantly. And there's a lot of those kind of thrillers from that era, the late nineties, two thousands. Um I think try and do a similar thing and don't necessarily 
kind of yeah, name it. But... Something like Identity or The Game with, yeah. with Michael Douglas. Yeah. Not quite. And that's Fincher as well. That was Fincher game. as well. Yeah. And I think it, I don't know, I think it's like the tone of it. I think it's the relationship between the two detectives and uh, just the just the look and feel of it that really kind of sells it. And it doesn't overdo the gimmick, gimmicky element. So yeah, it just works really well. So yeah, oh, yeah. brilliant. One of the best real for me, kind of like noir detective thrillers, whatever you want to call it. So good. So good. And uh, yeah, Gwyneth Paltrow's in it as well. She is. And Name Redacted is in it. Um, yeah, very good. Seven. Should watch that again. Actually, I haven't seen it in a while. It's great. Um, watched a film a couple of weeks ago that I forgot to review um, called Enough Said, which was well, is the the final film of Mr. James Gandolfini, uh, played Tony Soprano. Yeah, Sopranos. Also stars Julia Louis Dreyfus of Seinfeld and Veep fame. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of read a part because I mean James Gandolfini did do quite a few films, but I think most of them pretty under the radar. He wasn't in too many kind of notable films. He wasn't in the loop. Uh, did a really good performance in that. Um, and it's always kind of strange because you know he uses his real accent in this film, but because I'm so used to hearing him as Tony Soprano doing that. New Jersey, what the fucking, what this guy, what that guy, give me a fucking, <laughs> put the gobble down. You know, it's here, he's talking more like this, uh, yeah, yeah, it's got a kind of, I think he's like mid from the Midwest or somewhere, but he has a very kind of American accent that's very not New Jersey, New York. It's, it sounds yeah. almost fake, even though I know it's his actual accent. It's so strange, it's fake, but yeah, he puts in a good performance. It's, it's a kind of romantic comedy. Um, Julia Louis Dreyfus and him meet early on at a party and they're dating. Uh, and then I won't give away the twist, but there's a slight twist uh, that happens uh, that kind of affects the relationship. <laughs> hey, I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> hey, it's me, Tony Soprano. <laughs> um, yeah, there's a kind of a twist in it, but yeah, it's quite a nice film. It's it's not um, it's not particularly sort of high concept. It's not. Uh, crazy film just kind of small sort of independent film and it was quite satisfying and and james gandolfini is just really good he's so watchable he's got that mm. kind of watchable quality that, that the really good actors have where even when he's delivering very simple lines of dialogue or doing very simple things it, you're very kind of attracted to his well, it's his presence his charisma just the way he kind of does things is very good and julia louis dreyfus is, is always very funny as well she often she's so good at playing quite unlikable characters Mm. Um, but doing it in a way that again is still very watchable. Like you're attracted to them, even though they're actually a bit of a bit of a pill. <laughs> you don't you don't necessarily like them, but there's, there's something about them that's attractive. So yeah, enough said. Was was a good good little uh, romantic indie romantic comedy. So enjoyed that. That's so, uh, and that's it. I didn't even watch any movies this week. That one was from a few weeks ago. So yeah. Over to you for a bit of a, a few game guffs. Yeah. Let me let me run through the games. Uh, I think only one of these is available on the old Ninty Switch, so might be of interest to you. But uh, I, I finished Tunic as much as one can finish a game. Uh, everything I said about it prior, uh, I think holds up. I mm-hmm. think it was a game that a game that has has a little too much going on and. Ultimately, if it wasn't as difficult as it was, I think I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I would actually recommend to people going into Tunic 
just mm. fucking put on baby mode from the beginning and don't play it as a game where it's about the combat or it's about not being killed and having your life to, just play it as like an exploration thing where you're you're working your way through this weird world i think that's that's actually the best way to play it mm. Uh, the fact that it's also incredibly difficult to me was just a, a bit of a turnoff by the end, actually. Um, playing Guardians of the Galaxy, nice, which is based on the uh, the Marvel comics, not the movie. Although weirdly, it's the exact same characters as is in the movie, because I know Guardians in the comics has had mm. a lot of different uh, a rotating cast. But here you got you know you got your Groot. Star-Lord, Gamora, Rocket, Raccoon, um, and Drax. And that's what you have here. Um, really solid so far. Looks pretty good. Plays pretty well. Um, Well-written. Certainly seems like something that could be a movie. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's definitely of that uh, quality. But I'm still very early days. I'm like, I'm on chapter 3 of 16. So probably another another 10 11 hours in front of me but what, of what i played so far it seems like a very a very well this this might come off like my father john misty review where it's like <laughs> it's just really solid <laughs> it, it's it's just a, a properly well crafted game but at the same time i've played so many games like this that i don't know i i i, I hesitate to be wowed by it but it's it looks good. It plays good. It's got a good soundtrack. You know, it's good. Uh, and then the main event of the evening out on Xbox, PlayStation, and I believe the Nintendo Switch. After three years of delays, it is what I believe started its life as a little mod for Portal mm. is the Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe. Uh, has finally come out. It came out on... Wednesday, I believe. Right. I picked it up. I bought it. I haven't bought a game in a very long time. I bought it with my own money. It cost me 21 Europeans. Ooh. So you're not talking about a 60, 60 dollar, 60 euro game. Yeah. 20. Probably because you it probably because you're 15 pounds. Um or uh four chai lattes. Um <laughs> it uh I'm not going to say much about it because the Stanley Parable is certainly the Ultra Deluxe Edition. Uh, the joy of it is in what it does and finding out what secrets are hidden within. I'll just, mm. for those who have never played the Stanley Parable at all, it is a, a first person uh, exploration game. It's got very little interactivity to it, which sounds like a negative, but you're not shooting portal guns. You're not jumping through the fucking portal and coming out this one. You play Stanley, a man who works in an office, <laughs> and one day, one moment, you turn around and everyone in the office has disappeared. And you go, get up out of your chair and go find out why. And the game features branching paths, uh, which don't take very long to complete. Like I think when I when I booted up the game, I got the achievement for finishing the game in about six minutes from okay. starting. Yeah, yeah. But I only did one of the paths, so I think the game overall has about thirty endings. And so you go out of your chair, and there's a narrator who does voiceover who says. Hmm. Stanley noticed that everyone in the office had disappeared, so he went to investigate. And then you you go down the office, you you, t- you turn a corner, 
and you you come into a uh, a, a, a hall or a room and then there's two doors in front of you and and, and the narrator says stanley paused for a moment and then took the door on the left and you can take the door on the left and go along with the narrator or you can take the door on the right and see where that leads and so that's what the game is about um mm. is 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 <laughs> at face value finding out where everybody is but uh in in actual terms the game is about finding all of these different um endings some of which are super super creative um it's a very funny game uh i would dare say funnier than the portals of the world um and yeah when when i started playing it the, the first thing I said to somebody that I was talking to about it, I said, you know, I started playing Stanley Parable. It looks like shit. They haven't bothered to like update the visuals or anything. Because this this originally was a 2013 game that they've yeah. re-released with extra content. Uh, it looks like shit. Doesn't play particularly well. Um, has this annoying narrator that talks as you're playing it. Mm-hmm. It's everything I wanted it to be. <laughs> um... Yeah, so I'd say all in all, I I, I played the, I played it as much as I could by my own. I then just used a guide to fill in the blanks of what I had missed. I did every ending in the game. So I, I beat the game 100%. Um, I'd say all in all, it took me about six hours of, of total playtime. So it's not, it's not a super long experience, but then it's, it's also not a very expensive game. So um, I was thoroughly satisfied with what I, what I got from it. Um, I, I thoroughly, thoroughly. There's some parts that were so funny and so clever. Mm. Um, I, I don't want to say anything more about them because I, I would highly encourage that everybody play this game. Uh, definitely the kind of video game making that ought to be supported and ought to be rewarded. Because while Guardians of the Galaxy is very solid <laughs> and very good, it's also made by this big conglomerate company yeah, yeah, yeah. who just fucking fart out game every year and a half um i believe stanley parable is is more or less developed by like a guy (laughs) um and so you know in terms of how much more stuff there is over the original 2013 game there is a bit more to it but like Mm -hmm. it's not 15 more hours of content it's 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 minimal enough but you can tell the kind of love and and care that went to making it i thought i thought it was so great uh, I, I would not be able to recommend it highly enough. There was no, not even an element of it that I, I was disappointed with. I thought it was super mm-hmm. funny, very um, meta in a good way uh, at points, and uh, just fucking loved it. Love the Stanley Parable. Uh, it's everything that creative storytelling should be in video games or in any kind of art. This yeah. is what proper creative stuff gets you when you're not answering to you know um, shareholders or you know uh, well well, if we don't include uh, this aspect how do we we incorporate the multiverse it's it's like a singular artistic view and it's it's great just like this podcast well (laughs) mostly um Speaking of which, actually, before we do the quiz, I'm just going to pop off to the toilet quickly because I'm after that pint of water has gone through me. <laughs> <laughs> but when I come back, we will do the quiz. I'll just be a minute. <laughs> 
I won't even turn off my camera or mute my mic. I'll just return just, very quickly. Oh, we're gonna, he's going to forget to take his mic off and we're going to hear him. Enjoy that dog on the hear, hear him pissing everywhere. Nippa's got his own ringtone. He's the only one I know. He's the only one I know. Give me all of those fucking Fritos and Cheetos. Fritos and Cheetos. Fritos and Cheetos. Fritos and Cheetos. Okay, I've returned. That was great. You, you ready? Well, it's just cross all. <laughs> I started doing it before I arrived in the bathroom. Right? <laughs> so I'm gonna save some time. Um. All right. So speaking of, are you good to go? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Speaking of creative, what's it? <laughs> Being creative in that. We're going to do a quiz, Joe. Are you ready for the quiz? Are you ready to find out what the quiz is about? I'm ready. I'm very ready. Okay. We're going to be playing, and hopefully you can hear this. That's right. We're playing Are You Smarter Than a Non-Wrestling Fan, Joe? Probably. Well, we're going to find out. Ah, yeah, we're so, not going to assume. So let me just post. I'm going to put in the chat here. Hopefully, it's going to, not going to fuck my formatting up. I'm going to put my uh, your categories that you can choose from. Okay, here so, we go. For those who are not... Oh, let's do a, I'll do a picture of it. That'll be the easiest way to do it, I think. Um... For those who are not familiar with, are you smarter than, and then depending on where you're from, if you are in the, uh, the United States, it's, it's called, are you smarter than a fifth grader? Which to my, you know, anglicized ears sounds weird. Um, but in the UK, it's called, are you smarter than a 10 year old? And it was hosted by uh, Noel Edmonds. Oh. Um, so the idea of the game, Joe, is that you will have to answer questions based on um, children's school um, subjects. Okay. But with a wrestling twist, with a, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm trying to I'm trying to get these uh, these categories over to you, but it's it's uh, it's been proven tricky. I'm going to send it to you on. Uh, on, on our on our Twitter chat, okay. that's okay. Okay. Um, there we go. Okay, Joe. So your categories that you can choose from, and they, they are in increasing level of difficulty as best that I could do it. Your categories are first grade spelling and measurements, second grade maths and English, third grade astronomy and health, fourth grade art and French, 
fifth grade history and geography. Now, the caveat, Joe, is that you do have three lifelines you can use. Yes. But your lifelines are, and they're going to prove, if you're smarter than a non-wrestling fan, because your lifeline will be to copy the non-wrestling fan's answer, which means that you have to use it if you choose to use it. You can peek at the non-wrestling fan's answer. Or if you get a, if you get a question wrong, the non-wrestling fan can save you if they know the answer. Mm. And of course, the non-wrestling fan we're going to use this week is the wonderful Natty. Hey, um, I'm a ten-year-old. Mm, they're going to get me in trouble with things like that, Natty. Um, so Joe, and and if you if you get through all ten questions, we then have the ultimate question, the ultimate warrior, the, the sixth-grade question. Which uh, if you get that, you will win the game, and you will win a million dollars. So your first question, we see how much money we're going to get. It's not real money, Joe. A bajillion. A million. long on that. One million dollars. Um, your first question, Joe, is for a thousand dollar dues. Which category would you like? I'm going to go for the intriguingly titled measurements. First grade measurements. Yes, please. Okay, Joe. Measurements. Your question is: How big is a WWE ring in feet? I'm going to say twenty feet. Twenty feet by twenty feet is the correct answer, Joe. You've won a thousand dollars. Congratulations! You did not need. Did you know that one, by the way? How big a wrestling ring is in feet? She had no idea, Joe. <laughs> That, I guess. I mean, so congratulations, you got it right. Okay, let's take your second, uh, your second category there. Then. Oh, uh, what subjects might you know most about? Um, let's try for a bit of the old français. He's going for a bit of the old français, fourth grade French, though. Should Could be a different one. Okay, Should uh, Joe, can you name the two founding members? Of popular, well, popular in inverted commas, popular WWE tag team La Résistance. Uh, René Dupuis mm-hmm. and Sylvain Grenier. That's correct, Joe. Yes. Very good. Your French knowledge has has got you out there. <laughs> Sweetie, did you know who was in La Résistance? No. No. Okay. Wow. That was a tough year. Okay. So, Joe, you are now mm. going to be the recipient of $2,000. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so that's French and measurements done. Do you want to pick your next category? Uh, let's go for uh, second grade maths. maths. Second grade mathematics. Okay, Joe, which of these teams combined have held the most WWE world titles. So you're going to need to do a little bit of addition here in the old heady boo, right? Is it Edge and Christian? Or is it Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins? Which team has held the most world titles? And only WWE world titles. Only WWE titles, not... Only WWE world titles. So either the WWE title, WWF title... The World Heavyweight title, Universal title. They're the only ones that count. I think, hmm, how many times did Edge hold it? It wasn't that many. 
I'll go for Reigns and Rollins. Joe's going for Reigns and Rollins. That is the incorrect oh. answer, Joe. But can he be saved? Probably, since it's a 50-50 shot. Okay, for the save, we're going to go to the non-wrestling fan. Play the lifeline. Come on. Which team held the most world titles? Was it Edge and Christian or Seth Rollins and Roman Reigns? Option A. Correct. Yay! Joe, you saved. Yeah, I smarter than a 10 year old. <laughs> okay, so uh, to, to be precise, Roman Reigns has held six world titles, Seth Rollins, four, giving them a total of 10. Christian, two. Edge, 11 world titles. 11? Really? 11, giving you a total of 13. Jesus. But luckily, the non wrestling fan knew the answer, Joe. So that's your first. You might, if you if you if you if you lose any more lives, okay. you might say that you're in fact not smarter oh, than a non-wrestling man. Oh, <laughs> okay. All right. That was uh, maths. Okay. Let's. I'm going to go for a hard one. Let's go for history. Fifth grade. He's going for fifth grade history. Ooh. Joe, in what decade did the WWWF? Rename itself to the WWF. Uh, what decade did that happen? That would have been 1970s. That's the correct answer, Joe. Very good. It was 1979, yeah, to be precise. Yeah, but I thought if I asked you the specific year, that would have been that might be seventh grade. That question, that, yeah. Okay, so you got that. That's correct. Okay, so you that you're up to ten grand now. Ooh. You're making serious money. You still have your copy and you still have your peak uh, peak. lifelines as well. Okay. um, Let's go back to... I haven't done any third grade yet. So let's go for health. Third grade health. He's going for third grade health. When John Cena miraculously returned to action at the Royal Rumble in 2008. Mm. You might remember when that happened. Sure. Uh, what injury had he been out of action with? Uh, and you don't, you don't need to be super specific, just a generic. I th- I'll give you. I'm pretty sure. Can I say an arm injury, or is that not specific enough? I feel it was. It's either if you give kind of the part of the arm. Yeah, that's why I didn't want to get. <laughs> I'm not being super specific, but the general area, I'll give. I'll it go to. shoulder injury. Yeah, it was a oh, torn okay. peck, so I will I will give you that. It's close. Um because you he, he to be fair, when he won it, he did stand on the turnbuckle and point at that area of his body. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll give you that one because I'm a I'm a nice host. Thank you, thank so you. That's thank correct. You, <laughs> well, a bit nicer than him. He did some nasty shit there. Yeah. Ooh, sorry, I'm not allowed to allege stuff like that. That was alleged. That was a, that was a joke. It's not true anyway. It's, it's not, not true, true anyway. It's not true. And you can't lie about the dead. So it's fine. No. Anyway, Mr. Mr. Bob Blobby gave him what for anyway. It's fine. Okay, so we got five categories left. You're up to 25 grand. You have first grade spelling, second yeah. grade English, third grade astronomy, fourth grade art, and fifth grade geography. Let's start with spelling. Okay, we're going for second grade. Or sorry, first grade spelling. First grade spelling. Sorry, I was looking at English. Uh, first grade spelling. Can you spell the name of true AEW pillar Max Caster? M A X 
C A S T O R. Now, Joe, are you sure about that, or would you like to use a lifeline? I'm, just, I'm, not, I'm not. You know, we haven't done final answer yet, but I'm just going to say. Well, I don't are you know. sure about that? I don't know if you. Maybe you misheard me. Let me spell it again. I might have misheard you. What, what was it? Just, just confirm it was, what was it you said. It was M A X Max C C A S T E R. That, that's correct. Yeah, answer, I think. Yeah, yeah very good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I mumbled at the end there. So. Well, I think, I think you dropped out. Yeah. During that one vowel. That's <laughs> correct. Max Caster. Yes. With an ER. Just like Podcaster, but Max Caster. Correct, yeah. correct, correct. Okay, so you're up to 50. You should call his son there. Pod. Podcast. <laughs> okay, let's move on. You've got English, astronomy, art, and geography left. Um, let's go for English, second grade. All right, second grade English. So, Aiden English is a, a wrestler known for his, uh, his quite quite good singing voice. Oh yeah, and uh, and he was also Rusev's manager that one time. Yeah. You might recall during yeah. the Rusev Day. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Days. Yeah. Uh, but what NXT tag team was he a member of? Uh... Now I do I remember the tag team and I remember their gimmick. It was a kind of old timey wrestling gimmick. But mm-hmm. I just I can't quite recall the name. It was like a parnos, some kind of pun. Yeah. Can I use one of my um one of my little cheeky Yeah. Cheeky do you want a copy or a peek? Let's go for a little peek. You're gonna go for a little peek. Okay, we're going to the non wrestling fan. The question is Aiden English. Uh, known for his 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 good quite good singing voice, um, and that he was a uh, he was Rus excuse me Rusev's manager. But what NXT tag team was he a member of? It was the Vaude Villains? What, did you say what, what was your answer? Did you tell me your answer? Vaude Villains. What was it? The That's the correct Yay! answer. So, Joe, do you want it? Do you? I, I suppose to say to you, do you want to go with that answer? Yeah, but I already said it's correct. No, so I, yeah, you want to go? Uh, no, I won't go with that one. Uh, no, I will. <laughs> I will. That, yeah, it was, it was the, the Vod Villains. That's the correct answer. I'm surprised the wrestling fan knew that one. Yeah, but yeah. Very good. Anyway, um, very well good. done, well non wrestling fan. Thank you knew the answer. Fan. Great. Um, astronomy, art. You're up to a hundred grand, by the way, Joe. Okay. Uh, astronomy, art, or geography left. Um. Let's go for astronomy. Okay. Is, is your astronomy at a high level, Joe? Um, yeah, very much so. You know, okay. Okay, during the Attitude Era, Perry Saturn uh, had a friend called Moppy. Yes. What happened to Moppy, Joe, is the question. Um, Moppy was destroyed. In That's a, the correct answer. Joe. In a wood chipper. That is even an even more specific correct answer. Do you want to go one more step and say by who? Not really. I can't remember. No, it was Chavo? by Raven. Oh, Raven. Yeah. Raven. Oh, yeah, of course. And he did the voice. Oh, no. Don't put me in a wood chipper. <laughs> yeah, that was very funny. Yeah. Uh, Ra- Ra- Raven destroyed Moppy using a wood chipper. Yeah. 
uh, very good. So that's that's 175 grand skis nice, you're on now. Nice, Are we going to make it to the million dollar question? You have one lifeline left, which okay. is the copy. Okay. Um, um, you got art and geography. Let's go with geography. Oh, we're going with geography first. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the question is, which state does AEW TBS champion Jade Cargill hail from? What state is she from? Oh, I don't really know. Uh, you got a one in 50 chance. Joe. <laughs> uh, can I go for copy? No. Uh, yeah. Copy. We can, are we sure? We're going to copy. We're going to copy. What state, which American state does Jade Cargill come from? Florida is the correct answer. Yeah. I'm after hitting the mic in yeah. surprise. Yeah. Florida. Very good. Florida. That's that is the correct answer. That's the correct answer. That is that's three for three on the net. Just can we give the non-rest? Jesus. Wow. Tremendous. I keep hitting the mic. I'm sorry. I'm not even gonna edit that out. That's real life. That happened. Okay, Joe. That's three hundred grand you're on. Yes, you have yes. one question left for half a mil. Yeah. And um, and if you get it right, we're, we go to the one million dollar question. Your final category is fourth grade art. Yeah. Which is, can you name three of the five wrestlers that appeared on the promotional poster for WrestleMania twelve? Um, WrestleMania twelve. It would have been Bret Hart. Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. Diesel, and the Undertaker. That's correct. Also, Razor Ramon. But you, okay. you, you did get three of them, so that's oh, correct. Okay. In fact, if I prompted you for another one, you might have got all five. Yeah. That's correct, Joe. You've won half a million dollars. Yes, and you are you are almost oh. smarter than a non wrestling fan. But now you have the choice, Joe. You can go for the million dollar question for which you have no Fine. saves. Okay. Um, and, and you don't know what the category I is. I don't know. That. So I'm, in, I'm completely in the dark. So what you can do is you can risk your half a million to win a million. But if you get it wrong, you have to say, I am not smarter than a non-wrestling fan. And also, if you if you don't take the risk, you also have to say it. So do you want to go for the million-dollar question, Joe? I do. I do. He wants to go for the million. He's going for the million, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, your... Million dollar question category is Spanish. Oh, see, si. see, si, muy good, grande, muy grande latte. Oh, um, Spanish. Your question for million dollars, Joe, is which Adam Sandler film did one time Lucha Underground head honcho and Spanish man Dario Cueto make an appearance? Um, Dario Cueto, who is a Spanish bloke, yeah, and was the head honcho of Lucha Underground. He says, So freaking awesome! He is in an Adam Sandler film, but which one? Um, I don't, th- I don't know this. I don't. I'm trying to think. Cause I do. I've looked at his like IMDb before. 
Mm-hmm. The only one that I'm thinking, it maybe it's obvious, but like Spanglish. That's what's coming to mind. But I don't know if it's because okay. he's you know, Spanish, speaks Spanish. But I can't think of any others. Maybe there is another one. Possibly. Maybe there is another. I think it would be one of, maybe not one of the early films. Because I don't think Quato, I think it's, it could be, uh, what was that one he was in? Crazy Stupid Love? No, that wasn't him. That was Steve Carell. Um, <laughs> I'm struggling on this one. Um, it could be Fifty First Dates. Could be. Could be. Probably not. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, I wish I had a ten-year-old to help me. <laughs> a ten-year-old might have seen this film, Joe. He's not in the Wedding Singer because I've seen that's one I've seen a few times. Yeah. So I would know if he was in that one. Um, could be Grown Ups. Grown Ups 2. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, could be Click. I mean, it could be. Um, but it's not. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, you, can't tell, you can't tell me. I can't. I can tell you what the answer is. Um, <laughs> but I just want you know. You continue your line of um, inquiry. Your your thinking aloud here is very you know very interesting. I don't want to say you're going in the right direction, <laughs> but <laughs> um, oh, God. A, yeah. trying to think of other fucking. I don't even know what. <laughs> I'm trying to think about other films. What, what is the order other Adams and their films? Um, um. So I'm, it's not an early. I don't think it's an early Sander film. So I'm thinking 2010s or 20 late 2000s. One of those really awful ones. The most, the worst one thing I was Jack and Jill. Would Dario Cueto have lowered himself to appear in Jack and Jill? I would say yes. Jack and Jill. Jack and Jill's the correct ah! answer, Joe. You've won a million. You've won a million. Um, and you don't have to say that you are you're not smart. You are, in fact, smarter than a non-wrestling I'm fan. I'm smarter than a um, <laughs> And I've just got a letter. Uh, we're, we're, we're being shut down. Oh. By the uh, the anti corruption quiz agency. <laughs> yeah, also the network because they wanted ratings. Yeah, now he is in. He he plays um, Italian cruise director or something mm. in Jack and Jill, even though he's not Italian. Well, there you go. He's in it. Uh, so that was our quiz for this week and like i said i'll never put that much effort into a quiz again so hope everyone enjoyed it 
So there was a bit of corruption going on. So Al, Pacino, Al Pacino was in that one as well. So Dario Cueto and Al Pacino, the two greatest Italian American actors. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Dario Cueto. I mean, a movie. It's so freaking shit. <laughs> um. Uh. Right. Uh, a bit of wrestling. That's all we got left. Bit of, bit of wrestling. wrestling. Bit of wrestling. Um, yeah. There were some NXT, more NXT cuts. Um, there's not many people left there to cut, surely, or at least ones that I've heard of. Yeah, it's a, NXT is all um, Gilbert Jones and um, pro volleyball players turned yeah, professional and, wrestlers and, and a bro Broquan Philipson. Bro, Broquan <laughs> Philipson, who was an NCAA. Uh, NCAA, NCAA uh, checkers, checkers, uh, snooker player. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So some cuts. So Dakota Kai, who I've never really seen. That was the honest. one that kind of stood out to me as, mm-hmm. as being really signifying of like how irrelevant it is that you're good at wrestling. Yeah. Good at being a character. Yeah. Uh, work hard. Good look. Yeah. Like it doesn't fucking yeah. matter. Good luck. It doesn't matter. It's just who literally they throw darts at a dartboard and yeah. that's who they use. Uh, and also notably Mr. Stokely Hathaway, uh, aka... Yeah, Brad but they never they never truly gave him a chance. No, and he's a manager. They don't like managers, do they, anyway? Like, no, that, that was that was very much a signing of the time where they were just signing everybody. Dakota Kai, on the other hand, like, worked really well as a face, worked really well as a heel, mm. had a good look, was good in the ring, good promo, and yet they're like, just release her. Like, like, fuck, why? Who knows what they want, really? I know it's a moot point to be like, you know, they get rid of the good people and they got bad people on the roster. But like, really, what's what's the incentive for people in NXT to, to get good mm. when you see people who are at that level getting released? Like, if, if, if I'm a... Um, again, if I'm um, Stephen Richard Power, <laughs> who is you know NXT's resident mm. um, DJ or whatever, uh, and I'm not six foot seven, where's your job security? You know, where's where's the incentive for you to be like, look, if I, if I get my head down and I get over and I do this and I do that, it'll work out. Because as proven, that's not necessarily true. They they also got rid of um that the Brock Lesnar guy, the guy who thinks he's the next Brock Lesnar. Yeah, Parker Harland. Parker Parker. Uh, yeah, Bordeaux. Alf, Alfinger Harland. Um, but he is he's six foot four and built like a brick shit house and a former athlete. So. I don't know why he got released. Well, it's, I don't know if this is true, but I, I definitely saw reported that there is like a, they're giving people like six months to get really good or you're shipped out, which is, is a remarkably short amount of time to give someone to, to get good at anything. I mean, they would have released Lesnar and Reigns if that was the case. Like, you know what I mean? Like they would never have made it. Yeah. Yeah. But this is one of the things about WWE, and I know we we give out about WWE a lot. But in terms of the artificial uh, nature of the company and how everything feels artificial and and nothing feels truly mm. organic, this just seems like another step in that direction where we're just going to decide who who we're going to use, 
Mm. And and we're going to decide who gets over, and that's the way it's going to be. As opposed to, you know, as as Rashad Evans once said to Rampage Jackson, "Let it happen, baby." Um, it it's just I just find it very odd, and I know mm. that I I don't work Joe in the business, and I. <laughs> By the way, as a tangent, I was, I was watching an interview with some of, do you know, the the super fans who are like front row every show? Yeah. And the way they say, you know, this business, <laughs> in this business, <laughs> I found it very, very funny. Um, uh, obviously, you know, we're, we're not involved in all that. But from an outsider's perspective, and as someone who works in a business and sees how like the company I work for is a very, very big global, global company. Mm. And you see the way things get done and get managed and everything has a very goal oriented logic behind it. Mm. And you can see clearly why decisions get made and what the end goal is. And here, I just don't get it from the point of view of, you know, you, you will have on one hand, people like Seth Rollins, who obviously has been a very successful wrestler in that company. But then he'll put out the idea of this is where the best wrestlers in the world mm. are. This is the best wrestling product in the world. Very much from an artistic point of view. And then on the other side, you have very anti-artistic steps taken by the company themselves. It just seems like it's in direct conflict. I don't get how, how that works. Strange. Um, otherwise, it was just a bunch of nobodies they released. So I don't think there was <laughs> anything major to report. Yeah, a bunch of other people. Anyway, uh, so on to a bit of AEW. Um, yes. So Dynamite, Dynamite and Rampage this week. So Dynamite opened with the big FTR versus FTR um, tournament match. Yes. Which I thought was very good. Yeah. Uh, I First of all, I loved that they, they came out together. Yeah. As opposed to separate entrances, which has been so often the case. Yeah. Rather than yeah, playing the music twice. Yeah, it was good. Mm. Um, and it felt like a novelty because I think there there was a time when you would see tag teams you know occasionally they would come up against each other whether it was a royal rumble or some similar kind yeah. of scenario and it felt very kind of strange because you never saw tag team you know partners going against each other whereas i feel like more recently that kind of sanctity has, has been non-existent you know you tag teams turn so quickly and end up wrestling each other it's it's uh yeah it's nothing special but with ftr i thought that was yeah very very interesting to see them up against each other and a good good solid pro wrestling match lots of reversals and pinfalls and holds and uh lots of r- recycling of uh bret hart owen hart spots including <laughs> them both yes. falling out of the ring a la bret hart and bulldog at SummerSlam 92 and um, well they have to say they did a lot more gracefully i think than, than they did but <laughs> very uh very good very good uh, then CM Punk had a little promo about his, his world title match, uh, which was good. Yeah, obviously there's no Hangman on this show because he's got the, shick, the COVID. Shick. Um, yeah, so good, good opening. Uh, Blackpool Combat Club continued to uh, have their trios matches, which I think have been very entertaining. Kind of wonder if that's the direction they're going in for when maybe Kenny Omega gets back is to really launch like a trios title, which they. They've talked about a lot, and Tony Khan yeah. said he wanted to delay until Kenny came back. Um, so it looks like they are really establishing those those three man acts right now, and women as well. Yeah, so that's pretty sure. cool. That's pretty cool. 
Uh, what else did we have? Wardlow continues on his, his path of terror. <laughs> Power bombing Lance Archer. Oh, just destroying the lad. Um, yeah, getting the big push. Fortunately, Kicked out of the blackout, though, which seemed... I know you're getting Wardlow over, but let's protect Lance a little bit, given that he's getting basically squashed here. Let's not let's not have Wardlow kick out of his finish. Yeah. Um, just um, being with the power bombs. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's, 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 being, it's proving very effective. Um, crowd chant his name. I think Wardlow's really... Oh, for sure. Really super, getting over. Super, super Interesting over. to see where he goes. Maybe TNT title eventually after... Well, that title is in dire need of resurrection. Oh, that title something. is is uh, in the doldrums. Yeah, it's going back and forth, willy nilly from the oh, from yeah, the yeah. Miro days. I mean, it's fallen. The, the the day Sammy beat Miro, that TNT title has it's has the, it's all been down, down, down from the, there. The stock has plummeted. Yeah, uh, get it on, get it on the get it on the low, get it on the low down. The old war yeah. low. Um, wait a minute. Ward low, that's like war D-Lo. Maybe I don't know if you could get like D-Lo Brown involved in this. There's something going on there. I just, I just spotted that anyway. Just just a thought. Yeah. Um, D-Lo Brown, big fan of uh, fish and chips, of course. In uh, in, in, in Scunthorpe or something. Yeah. I don't know, yeah. Um, yeah, the bunch of other stuff happened. Jericho. Oh, yeah, of course, we had the, the confrontation, the promo confrontation. Jericho and uh, Eddie Kingston and his little gang. Uh, yeah, and he, he had Matt. Is it Matt Menard, he's called now? Just in the background, fucking mm. with his big face, gnashing his teeth, and his eyebrows got up and down. Yeah, so it's quite funny. Uh, Serena D. Picaro Shida in a good, good kind of street fight style match. Yep. Uh, another good one, enjoying them. Uh, MJF has another challenge for Wardlow, and apparently this guy's bigger, taller, smarter, and you can't teach that. Enzo Morris. Um, <laughs> could be. Could be. I mean, imagine a couple of years ago saying that, yeah, AEW would have big cast on it you'd be like what the fuck Tony Khan lost his mind but it- what the fuck's AEW yeah <laughs> but um, yeah he's been doing very well in Impact as far as yeah I think he's he's more or less done a good job I know he, he had like personal issues mm. around the time he got released the first time and there was a lot of negative fan feedback uh, around him but it seems mm. like he's worked hard to turn that perception around and got himself on the straight and narrow yeah. so we'll see yeah, yeah. That's good. I mean, they're bringing him in for Wardlow to power bomb him four times, so I, I, you know he doesn't need to be made that look that good. No, but yeah, he's he's impact, so he doesn't need to get over. Um, we saw the return of Pentagon, uh, Pentagon and Phoenix. Uh, so they yeah, we, we <laughs> but more importantly, we saw the return of Alex normal clothes. Thank God. Um, yeah, so they had what appeared to be Alex. Uh, what's his name? Abrahentes. Abrahantes in the ring, uh, but it turned out to actually be uh, Phoenix in uh, in the costume. As Pack is back as well. Pack, the three of them, the Death Triangle. <laughs> yeah, just very understated return for him. He just comes and goes. He, yeah, it's weird. He, it's not like he leaves. He's just not on the show for a month 
for a time. So it's not it's not always a big return, but he does come and go quite a lot. But yeah, keeps fits him, in and out. Keeps him fresh. Did you like the uh, the throwaway explanation of why they're like, uh, that's why I was wearing that stupid ass robe that whole time to fool you? Yes, <laughs> yes, I do like that. I like I like when they acknowledge that things that don't work. That's, that's, <laughs> that's why I'd I had rather, that goofy face paint on. I'd rather they did that than, than pretend it was good. Yeah, um, this pet squirrel thing hasn't nah, lit the world on fire. Nah, certainly hasn't. Um, uh, Undisputed Elite won a Big Ten Man. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the main event was Scorpio Sky and uh, Sammy Guevara, which I, I'm, yeah. I don't, I'm not really interested in either of those guys, to be honest. No, no. I mean, look, we have long had our issues with the way Sammy Guevara was presented. Mm. And as I said last week, long before this fan pushback mm. came around. So it is what it is. Um, as far as the match itself go uh, goes, I thought it was, uh, it was a really, really uh, stupid ladder match where... Uh, I mean, Sammy Guevara getting bumped into the barbed wire ladder and being doing a springboard ten seconds later might be might replace finally Adam Cole taking the tombstone on the outside in PWG yeah. as the, the the stupidest non sell in history. Yeah. Um, and they did the finish like fucking backwards as well. So what happens is they set up the ladder on the right side of the the ring, mm. the barbed wire covered ladder, as if that's really going to make it, falling on a ladder any worse but anyway they set that up um sammy gets bumped into that which is a you know visually a big spectacular bump Mm. uh scorpio's climbing the ladder sammy springboards onto the ladder scorpio just punches him and he falls off and grabs the belt surely the order of those things needs to be um they're going for the belt Mm. scorpio punches him down sammy bumps to the apron, springboards in, Scorpio then pushes him onto the barbed wire ladder and grabs the belt. That's the big spectacular finish. I don't know why they did it in the order they did it. It, it, it looks ridiculous. Yeah. And 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 undersold what was undoubtedly a, a dangerous and sore bump. Mm. Um, and then like within like two minutes of the match starting, Sammy's doing a 6.30 Phoenix off the like ladder. Like, I hate to be that guy, that, you know, Jim Cornette or whatever, but like yeah, this was unnecessarily over the top, and not in a way that built or felt exciting, but just I, like I was shaking my head at how stupid some of these yeah. spots were. Yeah, and you know, Sammy is now a heel, and and Scorpio is a face, but they're still with Dan Lambert. And then Kazarian came out, and they were like, I don't know what they're doing. They're I'm the first challenger, but they're like shaking hands and their buddies and that. No, this 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 doesn't need to be your uh, your show closer on dynamite, folks. Have this open the show. <laughs> Have this be in the middle of the show. Yeah, look, I know they want that their title. They're they're usually very good for their title matches. Will made about their shows, mm. regardless of what title it is. And that's true here, and I get that. That's fine, but you know. This is this has been a problem ever since Hangman became the champion. Is that he never feels? I don't know who was on the show because of COVID, but he never feels like the focal point of the show. Mm. Um, no. Sammy Guevara, this, like this feud has been so mangled. Whether you like Sammy or not, or whether you like Scorpio or not, like 
even the the logistics of how this feud has has gone from the start has been so all over the place. I'm sure of all the champions, really. I mean, Hangman, the TNT title, Thunder Rosa, uh, and the tag titles as well. I mean, yeah, for sure. Jurassic Express aren't they're a bit of an afterthought. Um, Tony Khan just doesn't book champions well. Take his awards back. He's a fraud. Except for Jade. Jade's the one. Jade's the only one? Yeah, everyone... I'm not saying everyone should be like Jade because that'd be too repetitive to have every champion, you know, with that kind of thing. But yeah, that's that's how to do it. That's how to, to you know, make every win feel like a big deal, build up those challenges, make her... I mean, she's not the centerpiece of every show, but she's kind of prominent, has a big role. Yeah. Well, I mean, we had the... the we had the case... Uh, leading up to the last pay-per-view where you had MJF and CM Punk was the hottest feud going. Mm. You had Moxley Danielson was maybe the most intriguing. Mm. And then you had Hangman Cole, which felt like very much an afterthought. And Jurassic Express were in that match with Red Dragon and Young Bucks, which was really a Red Dragon and Young Bucks feud that they yeah. just happened to be standing around for. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a, a good point is that they seem they, they have good feuds mm. and they have good champions. But never the two never shall the mix <laughs> for whatever reason. Like, or at least not since why? like Omega, Omega Moxley. I think was a good, good feud. Yeah. Or, or Moxley chasing Jericho was good as well. And um, he's good at the chase. The chase is great, but then when they win, it's like okay. And I know that is probably a a feature of um, just wrestling in general. Like once you win the belt, that's almost like the the finale, you know, of the movie, that's the heroic moment. Yes, I've won the belt. Yeah. I've overcome the odds. Then where do you go from there? You know, it probably works better when you've got like, I don't know, like a Goldberg or a Hulk Hogan where they're incredibly dominant and they're just beating the kind of monster of the month sort of thing. Mm. Um, or it works better when you've got a heel who's, you know, everyone's trying to just dethrone. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a tricky one. You got a kind of baby yeah, I think the thing with the face champion is that's where you you do the like the odds stacked storyline. Mm. So if you take for example, when Steve Austin won the title at WrestleMania 14, it was it was Vince McMahon trying to throw challengers yeah. at him, and you know when Rock won it, um, then uh, the first time it was or let's say let's say Backlash 2000 when he wins, then you have. Uh, even at Backlash, you have fucking mm. Shane's a guest referee. Here come Patterson and Briscoe, the parade's over. You have um, Judgment Day, the Rock's defending in an Iron Man match mm. where fucking everyone's on the ringside. So it, it's the classic John Cena thing. It's where John Cena's a champion. It has to seem like he's always out. Like with John Cena, fair enough, he, he always won. So it was mm. a little bit harder to believe. But you have to you have to make it seem like the even though he's the, the babyface champions won the belt, they're still going against the odds to yeah. retain. You know, they're still fighting against the the the, the tides. Yeah. Whereas Hangman and Payne, Hangman and Adam Cole has just been looking, I don't like you, you don't like me. Mm. Blah, blah, blah. Mm. Um and I have a nitpick as well. I have one of my one of my AW nitpicks <laughs> that comes up every now week. and then. Nitpick of the week, what is it gonna be? It's the way Adam Cole talks. Those are promos. <laughs> um this might ruin Adam Cole's promos forever. So if you don't want to have this ruined for you, maybe don't listen. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets so into his promos that he's so into it. Whenever he starts a sentence, he makes like a noise. Yeah. He goes, huh, and then I'm going to talk about this. Huh, and what else? What is this? And he always does this little, 
before he starts a sentence. I don't know if I can bring up an example. There was one where they were backstage the other week. Yeah. Oh no, it was the it was the um it was the New Japan pay-per-view announcement. Okay. Let me bring it up and, and see if you I'm can notice. Up, I'm gonna search for it. I'm gonna play I'm gonna play it on the uh on the on the thing here. Just yeah, here we go. Just listen to he doesn't do it every sentence, but a lot of the time when he's about to start a sentence, he does a yeah. And that person is Adam Cole, baby. Yeah, because I'm the biggest wrestle <laughs> in Japan. And an announcement like this wouldn't even be possible if it wasn't for a guy like me. So let's get to it. On June 26th, the United Center in Chicago, Illinois, AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling present Forbidden Door. Two wrestling's biggest powerhouse. He does it every time. <laughs> Uh, uh, oh, I'm gonna be listening to that from now. <laughs> Sorry, I've ruined Adam Cole's promos for well, the world. Yeah. They won't. I don't think Adam Cole's, I think Adam Cole's good, but yeah, he he always starts his sentence with. Uh, I mean, yeah. It's a little bit like do you know there's that that video and I'm not I'm not huge into H3 H3 right yeah anymore. I, I like some Missouri so I don't really like it. But there's that that podcast he did with the I forget the lady's name, but there was a lady where he, she goes she always does mm, at the end of her sentences. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Mm-hmm. And he made fun of her for that. That's the one is with Adam Cole. He does that star of sentences. He makes this uh, yeah. noise. Um. Anyway, that was Dina Mite. And then on Rampage, which I love because we get Taz and Ricky Starks together, which is a joy. Yeah. Um, Swerve Strickland and Darby Allen, which was pretty, pretty good match. Pretty, pretty enjoyable, enjoyable, I thought. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um. And of course, Ricky Starks got involved. Um, it was. A, it was oh, we didn't talk. We didn't talk about. Um, they threw a fireball at Eddie. Kingston's oh yeah, face, I forgot about that. Yeah, that was pretty cool. And he he missed his head, and then they sl- they showed it in slow motion on Rampage for some reason. Didn't go anywhere near his eyes. Well, that's um, fine. Good old. Yeah, talk. we get a camera angle where it looks like it did. I understand that you're not really throwing fire in somebody's face, but fake it. It's it's like the thing. I saw a video. It was on YouTube the other day. Or on Reddit mm. or something, because um, this is the new thing now. Is WWE fans will do this for AW, and AW fans will do this for WWE. Where it's like, look at this compilation of people doing kicks that missed by like a feet, a foot, not a feet. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, I don't really want to be kicking each other in the face. It's like it's supposed to be. It's fake. A uh, work, brother. Um. <laughs> So it's like, yeah, with the fireball, what you do is you get a camera angle. So you put it maybe right behind where Jericho's mm. like hand is going to be down, right behind the uh, the the angle of his elbow. So that when it goes, it'll come up by Kingston's face, maybe go harmlessly over his head. But on the angle, it will look like, oh, my God, he took a fireball in his face. And then it shows this like side angle where it just like went straight over him. It didn't come close to his eyes. I don't know. That that to me is that's where the fucking the magic of wrestling needs to be paid you know closer mm-hmm. attention to. Um, and those those compilation videos where it's like, oh, look at this fucking botch! Look, he he didn't actually kick him in square in the face. It's like, oh, come on now, come on now, don't be silly. Stop that. Um, Stop that. It's silly. Yeah, so Jericho got attacked by um, Santana and Ortiz. <laughs> Very minimal attack. Yeah, and then he was right. back. He was back on commentary like after that. I was a bit confused. Um, he got attacked. Then, of course, we got really the pillar 
of AEW, the baddies. Um, <laughs> do the greatest group, probably the best group since the NWO, if you ask me. Um, they came out and did one of those kind of little dance routines that you'd often have uh, girls doing when you're in primary school. I don't know if you have this, right. but they'd sort of, yeah, yeah, yeah. three girls would come out and do like a little dance routine to a song. They kind of did something yeah. like that, um, but it was great, and they had some really good pyro as well. Um, and then they had a match against three women, Sky Blue, Willow, some other woman. Uh, yeah, and it was great. And then they all had money, and they fanned themselves at the end, like, ooh, we're some money. Ooh, 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 money, money, money. <laughs> and it's just it's really good. And, you know, you don't have to be a great wrestler to be a great wrestler. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying, brother. Um, that, that's something the, the old wrestlers love talking about. It's, it's about creating a connection with the fans. It's about getting over. And if you're a good wrestler on top of that, great. It's just about getting over. Um, it's, fun, it's fun to watch how far Jade's come since yeah. since the early days. I think she totally kind of gets it now. Yeah. Um, and her in-ring, even her in-ring is approving leaps and bounds. Um, so this is a message for them NXT kids, is if you try hard and... You know, improve your in ring, improve your, you know, everything. Mm. And you work for AW, you <laughs> can pay off. You will actually get over and be allowed to get over. Yeah. What a novel concept. What a concept. Um, speaking of over, well, actually, there was a Keith Lee versus Colton Gunn match, which was fine. Nothing. I thought Colton Gunn actually looks very good in this. Yeah, they're not bad, the gun, the gun boy. The gun I've boy. always thought of them as being horrible. I think I might have even come out on this show and said that they were like no hopers. <laughs> um, the ass boys. The assways, the the the, the dickheads. They're all right. Um, they're all right. I thought he looked all right. I thought he was pretty good. Yeah. Um, speaking of over, um, we had Hook and Danhausen. Yeah, <laughs> a big confrontation, uh, which was interrupted by Sterling. Uh, so, what's his name? Max Sterling. Mark Sterling uh, and Tony Nese, who jumped Hook from behind. So I'm glad. I I was a bit worried about them getting Hook involved in a kind of more comedy type thing. Although mm. I know he was feuding with Cutie Marshall, who's not exactly you know serious wrestler he's a bit of a comedy kind of figure in himself but yeah but i think i like the way they've gone with it they kind of teased the sort of alliance and i think uh yeah it kind of added added something to hook's kind of upcoming feud with tony niece which i think will be a good one i think that's a good good stepping stone for him uh yeah and um that was about it the acclaimed were backstage we got the uh the scissor uh, which, uh, without the, uh, which, um, which is the the best bit of it. Lexi obviously refused to join in, which is <laughs> idiot. What that. a prude! What a prude! And then Samoa Joe versus Trent Barreto, which was was fine. Um, yeah, not lots of not lots of add to that one. You got no, it was a bit. It was a bit short. You got Team TNA coming out at the end there, um, which I'm not a big fan of, to be honest. Sanjay and Jay Lethal. Yeah. Again, another another finish to the show that I didn't think uh, I, I'm not not particularly interested in. No, I, I wonder how long the the Ring of Honor residency in AW will will last. Um, I, th- I think we'd be better off keeping that to a separate space. There's a lot of tight. It feels like the invasion. There's a lot of titles floating around at the moment. Yeah, yeah. Let's keep. Nice to have some Joe, but let's let's keep some of the focus where you know where it needs to be. Yeah. Um. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Ram- Rampage, I thought in advance looked like a really good card, and then it was like a it was a pretty pretty good show, but it wasn't maybe as as good as I expected it was going to be. No, um, it was fun. But that is the that's the wrestling. The wrestling for the week, and that is the show for the week. That's going to do us. That's going to do us. Um, Yes, we'll be we'll be back next week. Uh, Actually, I won't be back next week. I just remembered. Uh, I'm going to Poland. Oh, for a stag. For a stag day. For a stag day. Yeah. So I am going to be in Poland next weekend. So I'm either there won't be a show, or there'll be a show without me. But we'll we'll figure that one out. It's uh, mm. yeah for this week. Uh, thanks everyone. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out cheshirepodcast.com and cheshirepod on Twitter for all your kind of pithy updates during the week and podcast updates. Uh, but for me, Joe Towny Boy Towner, and for Paul the Griffman Griffin, uh, we're going to sign off and bid you adieu and good bye. Bang.